Writers up. This is Riders Up, the best place to get all the horse racing news and information that you need. Now here's your host, Frank Lyon. Welcome to Riders Up here on ESPN Radio, 1300 AM and 92 FM. I'm your host, Frank Lyons. This program is brought to you by Transformer Equine. For more on these products, go to TransformerEquine.com. Today on the show, we will have Frank Miramati, track announcer at Monmouth Park, good friend and all-around character. And we will have a Riders Up Classic interviews with Hall of Fame jockeys Gary Stevens and Mike Smith, two of the greatest legends of our sport. So sit tight. We'll be back in a few minutes after we pay some bills here on ESPN Radio. Arthrosize is a breakthrough new joint supplement for performance horses. It features a revolutionary new hyaluronic acid. It's the smallest molecular size and weight, therefore it passes the gut wall. You'll see results in three to five days and we guarantee it. We also have a special introductory offer. If you buy a gallon, you get a free quart. What a great way to start. After three years of successful trials with thoroughbred racehorses in England, Equalize was introduced in North America December 1st through leading veterinarians and top trainers. Equalize is a daily throat wash and supplement guaranteed to produce wonderful results for problem bleeders, eaters, and breathers. Take us up on the challenge. For more information, visit Equalize.net or call 1-800-615-8829. Welcome back to ESPN Sports Radio, 1300 AM. I am Frank Lyons. I'm very pleased to be joined by Frank Miramati, track announcer at Monmouth Park. How are you, Frankie? I feel great, and we have a tremendous day and weekend on tap at Monmouth Park, and thankfully the weather is cooperating, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, the spring is finally here. I mean, that was unbelievable rain uh, at Pimlico last week, and what, what did you make of Justify's performance? I thought it was awesome. I was very proud of him, and uh, I like the fact that Good Magic went after him. That's what it's all about, and I sure. think that was Good Magic's uh, you know, way to beat him if he could. And uh, the way circumstances were, he was drawn inside of him, and so I know Chad Brown wasn't elated with that, but that's what racing is all about. It's not all simply uh, a chessboard in advance. And uh, I thought uh, it was fantastic, and there could be nothing better than to see a D. Wayne Lucas horse flying at him. Oh, I sweat a little bit, huh? Yeah, I mean, he's fantastic. Only, uh, you, you know, I'm not saying Bravazza didn't belong in the Preakness. Of course he did. He ran very well in the Derby. But uh, there's horses that have uh, showed up in the Preakness and uh, really ran huge races. Uh, and not a lot of people would have thought about, you know, this is a Preakness type of horse. Uh, horse uh, you know, like, I mean, even as two-year-olds, charismatic. Who'd have ever thought about putting him in the, der uh, in the Derby after winning the Lexington uh, what was it, uh, a week before the Derby? Yeah, not, not only that, but uh, after being in a $62,500 claim. He he walked by me at Del Mar one day going out for a $62,500 uh, claiming race, and he didn't look that good. And by the time the Derby came around, Coach had him looking like, I mean, new money and he was unlucky not to win the Triple Crown. Do you remember that uh, day of if, uh, Chris Antley? Oh, no, I, I remember it vividly. I actually hit that Superfecta, Vision and Verse, Love and Drop Kid. That was a very good race. and uh, Only Frankie you know the, that. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. So, Coolmore apparently have uh, the breeding rights, brought the breeding rights to Justify. Um, that is, of course, uh, because of the ill-fated Scat Daddy. What a phenomenal sire he uh, he is and was, and uh, so Justify will probably take over his spot. Well, um, you know, that uh, Kumar always does, uh, comes up with uh, Absolutely. And does whatever it takes to get uh, the top stallions. I know there's been some debate as to whether that deal is done, but uh, uh, we'll find out eventually. Money talks, and Kumar's got plenty of it. Yeah. So, no. um, and, and Justify is a big, grand-looking animal. And, uh, and you know, for me as a racing fan, let's just hope he gets to uh, uh, finish the job in the Triple Crown. And then, of course, uh, the more we could see him running, the better. But let's face it, business is business. And it's always easy to analyze these things when you're not, you know, involved. It's the same thing sure. about Audible, you know, not running in the race. 
you got to be crazy to run against yourself. I know all these, you know, everyone looks for a negative angle. There's a couple of writers already, oh, I can't believe Audible's not running. Really? What yeah. would you do yeah. if you owned Audible and Justify? You're going to try yeah. to run, run over yourself and cost yourself millions upon millions of dollars and yeah. glory and history and everything? Please. Now, personally, I don't think Audible can... Uh, beat him at any distance at any time but look that's why they run the race and uh i applaud the fact that they're doing what's in their own best interest you're entitled to do that absolutely and so what price would you give justify now if you were to lay odds right now of him winning the belmont what would that be well i'm surprised to see that it's a win they're basically offering even money on him right now which is very surprising that's... to me i thought he would be much lower yeah. um but uh i think Look, this is going to be a tough test. I think he's going to win by many, many lengths because, I, you know, when he has that kind of speed, he's a big boy. Uh, I think it's him by about 10 and uh, Hofburg second by another five. That's the way I see that. I don't see it any other way. That's exactly right. And uh, so uh, now it's a big day at Monmouth Park today. Um, well, do you have any winners for us today, track announcer man? I do. Uh, the Salvatore Miles, a race I always enjoy, and one of its winners, of course, the great distorted humor. Um, I like Paige McKinney, an old veteran who has uh, won 21 of 55 races, over 1.8 million, Frank. Uh, this is uh, a very honest horse. I can't believe he's never run at Monmouth Park, but that is the case, uh, at least not on the main track. And uh, Paige McKinney, I think, has the right style in this race. Right. Uh, it's a very competitive event, but I'm going to give a slight nod to him. Now and then, what about the uh, the Monmouth Stakes? Well, the Monmouth Stakes, which of course was uh, famous for the big brown That's right. uh, deal uh, many years ago, is, is a solid race. And uh, I'm going to give a little bit of an edge to our old friend uh, Frostmourne. Didn't you like Frostmourne in the? Uh, yes, the I did. Race? Absolutely. Yeah, you got to love. You got to love him here. He's a he's a stone cold runner. And uh, of course, your man Alan Goldberg and Mr. Santulli. That's right. I want you to know that uh, I gave Forced them excess. Of, yes, I gave them excess love on Cinco de Mayo when uh, they pulled a Dahas esque uh, move, coming back 19 months later to win. But I think Frostborn might be the right horse in this uh, in this particular spot today. Money multiplier. I, I must admit, I tried to beat him last year in this race, and he crushed the field. Yeah, he won by a length and a half, but it wasn't even close. Yeah, but you know, my issue is he's now coming back from overseas. If there's ever a time to beat him, maybe Frostborn gets him now. And projected is the absolute—it's the absolute anti-Judmont uh, demographic. He's a six-year-old gelding, but he is a homebred and he's honest. But you know, you just don't see six-year-old gelding too often for Judmont. That's uh, right. And he's certainly good enough to win this. It's a—it's a very good renewal. The weather has played right into our hands here at Monmouth Park, and uh, it's uh, for those of you listening that might be in anywhere near this area. Come on out because we have the food truck festival. It's just an amazing weekend of racing. And so, is that turf? Is that going to be a firm turf course today, or because you? Oh had, yeah, it will. Uh huh. Nice. You've yeah. got three millionaires in the Monmouth uh, uh, Grade Three today. Uh, it's just a two hundred thousand dollar race, but you got three horses that won over a million. Uh, so very nice rendition of the Monmouth Stakes and uh, and the uh, Boiling Springs. Do we mention that? We did. It's uh, it's a nice part of this uh, pick five. I like a horse named Coffee Crush in there, daughter of Medallia Doro. Uh, I must give a little shout-out to Matt Carruthers, who, uh, when this horse broke her maiden, I had uh, just gotten out of the shower and uh, was ready to go to work at Golden Gate, and I was listening to this speech in the half. Uh, it, was, it, was, it reminded me of the time when you were on one day with that Jim Cassidy horse. But the more you talked about it, uh, yeah. the odds kept dropping. Yeah. And Coffee Crush eventually was knocked down to 2-1. to one. He showed the whole replay of her debut, and then she galloped. And then last time out in the Memories of Silver, I'm thinking maybe she needed the race, maybe she was too close to the pace, which would seem strange considering she went wire to wire in her major sure. victory. But I think she's going to be better as a finisher. And so maybe a little bit of a price. I like Coffee Crush. Okay, uh, Jose Lascano for, for James Toner. Um, so then, big day out at Santa Anita, and uh, some very good racing. I think it's a kind of chalky sort of a uh, day. That's the way I see it. But a couple of long shots that I give a, a big chance to. Uh, we'll start out with the Santa Anita Handicap Five Hundred Thousand Grade One, the main the Gold Cup. The yeah, Gold the Gold Cup. Cup. The famous Gold Cup. The famous old Hollywood Gold Cup, really. But uh, since yeah. uh, there's no mass uh, Hollywood, we got to go to Santa Anita. And a $500,000 race, and 
Uh, you know, you'll have to earn every bit of that 500000 if you're going to win this race. Who do you like here, Frank? You, you gave out that uh, wonderful pick in the uh, Oakland Handicap of City of Life. City of Life. Uh, do you like him right back? You know, like... I'm not sure at a mile and a quarter. You, you know, what you look at when you look at that pedigree, you see the hair uh, really jump out. And this horse is a tremendous racehorse who I do believe is best around two turns, but I don't know if he's best at a mile and a quarter. I think accelerates, even though he's two pounds worse off for getting beat a neck last time out. Uh, <laughs> accelerate uh, will be pretty tough. Uh, I think accelerate can. Uh, lead them maybe there is a bit of speed in the race I mean down on the inside you got little Scotty who's going to be in front but I think he'll be a good target for Accelerate and so I'll I'll you know I, I shouldn't go against myself because City of Light was was galloping all over Accelerate down at Oakland when he did win the Oakland handicap and it's just that extra furlong I just don't see him really loving it so I will say okay. Accelerate you know, I've got this affinity, and I don't know when I'm going to break this affinity, but this puddle is such a good-looking son of a gun, and uh, he had a horrific trip in the San Pasquale. I'm going to give him one more chance here. I think this is a very good and competitive race um, because, uh, you know, Dr. Doris is stepping up here, yeah. and we've got City of Light, which was really a, a wizard selection by you at 9-2 to two in the Oakland Handicap. Um, This is a very good race, and uh, it's one that I'm going to enjoy watching for sure. Do you know what? I could easily go to Pavel. I looked at him so much. I had so much respect for him last year, especially in the Jim Dandy when he ran against Good Samaritan and uh, Always Dreaming and Cloud Computing was in there. And he looked like, what are they doing? Are they bringing a horse that broke his maiden to the Jim Dandy? And at the eighth pole, all all of the knockers were rethinking what they'd uh, said about Pavel because he was right there ding-dong and now he did get beat five and a quarter lengths in the end. Then he came right back to prove that he is a good horse because that could finish a horse running against those type of horse, running against a Kentucky Derby winner in just your second start, running against a Preakness winner in just your second start. And he showed that he was a good horse because he came right back and that didn't hurt his feelings at all. Now he's winless since then, but he was favoured over City of Light in the Malibu Favoured over Accelerate in the San Pasquale. Uh, finished fourth in the Dubai World Cup. And he's coming back and he's working very well. So, you know what? I'll even say that uh, I'm going to take 2-1 to one on Accelerate. No, I'm not. I would rather have 5-1 to one on Pavel. So, I agree with you. All right. Well, if you would have won the Breeders' Cup Classic, I would still be counting my money for that. But uh, <laughs> he was beaten uh, by a city block. So, I don't have to feel bad. It wasn't a bad beat. Yeah, uh, you prefer to get beat a city block than get beat a neck, right? No, no, I love the pain. I prefer a nose. And a uh, ball okay, ball, but I think I want. Yeah, so you know, <laughs> of uh, I could never say I can never be upset with a photo finish uh, because I won the Breeders' Cup by a nose. I won the Santa Anita Derby by a nose. I won the Shoemaker Mile by a nose. I won the San Francisco Mile by a nose. Uh, are you serious? Are they all really noses or any of them are heads? They're they're, really like, noses? They're noses. I won the generous. Wow. I Like, there might be a head in there, uh, but uh, it, it was uh, inches. And, like, of all if the... I, I, I was the only winner of the pick six at Ellis Park by a nose, and wow. that paid pretty good because it was a two-week carryover. Uh, so, you know, I like any time I get beat a nose, I say, well, you know, I could have used it, but of all the noses that I've ever come ahead on, the one, they're the important ones. Oh, good for you, man. Yeah. That's fantastic. So the Santa Anita, uh, or the Charlie Whittingham, I should say, at uh, Santa Anita, grade two, mile and a quarter, 200,000. I really always been a favorite race of mine to watch. And um, I I think that it's in the post. looks pretty t- tough to beat. He'll carry uh, top weight, but he's only given away a couple of pounds to um, all his rivals. And I know Full of Luck is in both the Santa Anita Handicap and the Charlie Whittingham. And I think he's going to end up running into Charlie Whittingham here today. Uh, he finished fourth behind Dr. Door last time out. And he's five for seven at a mile and a quarter, albeit down in Chile in his native mm-hmm. country. But I couldn't see him run a, a better, better than looks on the form race in this race today. 
You know, I like the horse next to him a little bit. Frank conversation, nothing yep. to do with the... Uh, I actually asked uh, Paul Letham one day if he named him after me, and unfortunately the answer was no. Right. But uh, Frank conversation, because he and I have had some very classic conversations. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I thought maybe he, uh, he tuned up a little bit last time, kind of an awkward situation, uh, needed the race. And, uh, and, and, you know, he's run well at a mile and a quarter before. Sure. He's a long-distance horse. Uh, I think it's in the post. If he fires his best shot, he'll win. Um, but, you know, he's won quite a few races all of a sudden that's in the post. Oh, yeah. But he is a he's a stone-cold runner. Uh, I'm going to go 6-3 on my exact. It's in the post, Frank Conversation, and maybe put a few bucks to win on Frank Conversation at a price that would not at all shock me yeah. if he won this race. Oh, it's only... a nice, honest pace. Yeah, sure. yeah, for sure. That's and, uh, You know, I think that will suit him, the nice, honest pace. Um, so the eighth race is the uh, gamely today, uh, Grade One. Another great race, three hundred thousand, a mile and an eighth. And the favourite Uni is out, got sick unfortunately, a high white blood count. So that opens up the race uh, for the morning line. Well, for the rest of the field, because I would have said that Uni would have gone favourite. Uh, but uh, Hawksmore looks I'm five to two on the morning line. I'd say more like even money here today. Yeah, and I don't think they'll beat her either. She's really good. Yeah, uh, She took a vicious L last time out. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite angles, believe it or not, if you get beat as the favorite in a lesser race and or lesser track, I love that when they take a thing. Now, this is just a fluke because she is obviously grade one quality. How she got beat in the Dahlia is uh, just a matter of needing the race or whatever. Sure. But uh, I think she's going to march home today. And just we mentioned anything you like at Belmont? I mean, the Paradise Creek, I think Mr. Zayed has got a monster in you do. I don't think they're beating that horse. Uh, that's not a race where you could really bet because you're not going to get any kind of price. But uh, that horse is a gorilla. He is yeah. a nice, nice horse. What a brutal beat he took in the Dania Beach. Uh, but he's, right. a, he's a kind of like Breeders' Cup mile type of horse. He's really good. You know, and he is by uh, the, uh, the great horse, Frankel. It's not too often yeah. we get to see many of the offspring of Frankel uh, run here in the U.S., uh, Where do you put Frankel, by the way, Frank? Uh, because, you know, there, there there have been some amazing compliments, and rightfully so, and I know those are your people. Yeah. But we didn't get to see him here. Where do you, where do you rank him with all your international uh, expertise? In, in, in If you had to put an all-time list out there, where does he fit? And, and who from the U.S., uh, you know, do you think would have beaten him at a mile in his day? Um, I think, you know, in those In those kind of, like, hyped up matchups of different eras. Okay, so now where is this mile race being run? Let's bring it into the U.S. on a, on a European-style course. Belmont. The Belmont right. Breeders' Cup. I would say that there wasn't a horse here in the U.S. that would have even warmed him up. Really? Yep. And wow. if you go and you see him, you'll see what I'm saying. As you stand into Frankel, it is the most amazing thing you've ever stood into. I had the uh, the be- beauty of Garrett O'Rourke arranging for me to go and see uh, Frankel, and over in England, and we went in to to uh, to visit him, and the guy brought him out, and to stand like twenty yards away from him, he, he's a very impressive horse. But when you stand into Frankel, man, that is unbelievable to see okay. the the strength. And the the way he's put together, he's the perfect horse, and uh, you know I, I know he is. He started off as you know, not as a probably everyone expected him to be you know to be unbelievable as a sire, and he is unbelievable as a sire. Um, uh, but yet he's still got to break through like the Galileo finishing one two three in the Derby, but. I have a feeling that that is certainly within his capabilities, and I wouldn't, uh, I, you know, like there's there's certain horses here that were brilliant that, uh, you, you know, I mean, are you talking about uh, Secretariat and Frankel? Well, then I would say, you know, it's a little different. Um, yeah. And, but of in recent years, in the, say since the year 2000, uh, like if you're going to say Wise Dan, I would say that Wise Dan was a tremendous racehorse, but he would be, uh, and I can't say for sure, but I would doubt that anything uh, going a mile or a mile and an eighth here um, that uh, yeah, that I could put in Frankel's category. All right, well, yeah. I trust 
your judgment. Yeah. You've seen a lot of them, my friend, up close. Well, you know, it doesn't mean I'm right, but uh, that is my opinion. I don't know, man. So, Frankie, uh, you got to get off to work now. So, yes, a yeah. big, big weekend here, yep. uh, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have some good racing, and uh, things are uh, things are looking up for Monmouth Park right e- now with the good e- news that we have. That's correct. And so, what's the the latest on the sports wagering? It's uh, we're thinking about possibly the first week of June. Uh, you know, we got to go through the uh, political stuff, whatever that entails. Yep. Uh, and uh, and get it all cleared, and uh, we have William Hill. We'll be ready to rock and roll. There is no better. There's no better pricing. There's no yep. better uh, list of options and uh, possibilities than with William Hill. So. Yep. It'll be very good for the for the fans and for Monmouth alike. All right. Well, thank you, Frankie. All right. Thank you, my uh, friend. Yep. Good hanging with you always. Well, all right. We'll talk to you next week. That's uh, Frank Miramati, ladies and gentlemen, the track announcer at Monmouth Park. And... Uh, all-around character and a great handicapper too and puts his money uh, behind his opinion believe me uh, so we'll be back here after this short break okay you're listening to Riders Up here on ESPN Sports Radio this Saturday at Belmont Park Denira Betts Late Pick 5 offers a minimum $100,000 single ticket payout every Saturday this spring play Denira Betts Late Pick 5 for your chance to win a minimum of $100,000 only for Naira Betts players. Bet now on the NairaBets.com or the Naira Betts app. Welcome back to ESPN Radio. I'm your host, Frank Lyons, and on the line right now is my old buddy, a very good friend, and a great jockey, Mikey Smith. How are you, Mike? Doing good, Frank. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So you're on the favorite next week in the Kentucky Derby, Justify. How good a horse is Justify? Well, he's, I mean, extremely talented. Uh, you know what? Uh, we all know he's lacking a little season, and you don't only sure. run three times. But uh, And I don't know if I've been on a horse uh, that's only run this few times that has shown that kind of ability. I mean, it, it's just it's pretty pretty impressive yeah. everything he does it seems to be well well above average uh, not, and and not just in his talent and in, in, in really in his mind frank and everything else so you know hopefully that'll that'll help you know with with not not having too many races under his belt. sure now we're doing this interview on tape on the, the friday because you're going to be busy traveling you're you're here at keeneland today to ride and justify worked today what did you hear about justify's work i heard it was brilliant uh, he went seven eighths, I believe, in twenty five and change, and, and galloped out really beautifully. Uh, I saw some of it uh, on on video that, uh, and he looked very impressive, especially with the gallop out, the way he was reaching, going around the far turn, uh, galloping out. Uh, so all systems are go. You know, we just gotta, good Lord's willing, we stay healthy and sound and, and get our chance. Yeah. Now you've already won the race. Does that take any pressure off of you? You know, you're not going in there thinking about every move because you're like, hey, I won it already. <laughs> no, I, there's pressure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I mean it's, it's, it's the Kentucky Derby, man. But it, it's the kind of pressure that you've been dreaming of, man. Yeah. I, I can't wait, man. I, it, for some reason, these kind of days just light me up. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And how much do you enjoy this week? Like uh, you know, hanging out at Ch- Churchill, and uh, you know, it's like the, the butterflies in your stomach. Uh, and, and how much confidence do you do you get from riding for Bob Baffert? I mean, well, you're you're, you're extreme. Uh, you're extremely confident uh, as long as everything you know goes well. As you well know, Frank, in a horse race, so many different things can happen. So, sure. although you're confident going in, and I wouldn't by no means trade places with, with anybody or for any trainer uh, on the grounds or anywhere. Uh, you know, there's still a lot that goes on. This sport can humble you real quick, and you sure. learn that as you've been around long enough. So <laughs> you take no one lightly. Yeah. You know, you just you just you pray for the opportunity, man. You pray for a good break. Uh, a chance for your, your your horse to showcase himself, and then that's really all you can do. The rest, uh, they're very competitive as well. They'll take over from there. You just need to get sure. that chance. Yeah. Now the draw obviously can uh, put a dampen, uh, dampener or put a smile on your face. Where would you ideally like to be drawn? Again, Frank, it just depends where where you feel the other speed and competition is drawing to. So sure. it just all kind of it plays out. I mean. As you well know, no one wants to draw the one hole. Nope. You know, down in there, and you, you, don't, you don't care to be out in the 20 hole as well. But 
But, uh, you know, somewhere in the middle, as long as he's happy and comfortable, and, and like I said before, as long as he, he gets, I mean, he's a big, talented colt. As yeah. long as he gets a chance to get away from there running and put himself into the race where he's happy, I'm happy. Yeah. You know, sometimes a bad post can, can turn into a really good post. Yeah. Sometimes a really good post turns into a horrible post. So yeah. <laughs> it just depends. Yeah. Now, and do, do you think his inexperience can hurt him? Uh, obviously it can, but... I mean, you know, you, you go to the post sometime on a horse that you're like, this guy is cool, you know, and then you go to the post sometimes on a horse that's getting a little nervous and, uh, you know, how is he going to take to the the whole derby picture? You know, you're exactly right. I mean, I've, I've gone into the derby so confident, Frank, with a horse that I knew was the best horse in the race and had run plenty of times Yeah. shipped. And just everything, you know, just didn't handle that day well. You know, got, you know, didn't get away well, got knocked around uh, for whatever yeah. reason. And, you know, so you just never know. Uh, you, you, really, you really don't. Uh, although he's lightly raced, uh, he's a cool cat, man. Yeah. I mean, he, he loves to run and, and he, he he just, he's, he's kind of, a, he kind of just watches, man. He's not a horse that really gets all hot and bothered or nervous. He just kind of checks things out. But when you, when you ask him, he's eager to please. So, yeah. Like I said, I wouldn't trade places with anyone. So, uh, who do you fear the most? Well, you know, we're going. To, I think it's a very competitive derby this year. Man. Absolutely. I mean, to, I mean, Todd Todd has a three or four of them in there that are all alive. You know, yeah. Magnum Moon's undefeated. Uh, looks great. Audible's coming off a beautiful Florida Derby. Uh, Dino Ross ran huge in in in, in uh, Aqueda. I mean, in, in uh, yeah, New York. Yeah. Uh, you know, people, you know, are starting to forget about old Bolt Oro, man. I know. He's a good horse. People don't realize how good this horse is. <clears throat> you know, there's, there's, and then you got the Europeans coming in this yeah. year with what, with, with, I think is probably their best horse they've, they've ever brought in, to be honest with you. Yeah. And you know, that Mendelssohn, he is, uh, he's uh, after maturing, he's turned into a really big, strong horse. And I think that there is like maybe eight horses in the, in the race this year that I, I wouldn't be surprised if they jumped up. And one, of course, would mind that bird. I don't think that anyone would be surprised with anything that happens in the, in the <laughs> derby, <laughs> you know. But, uh, uh, you know, like uh, Arrogate, Holy Bull, Skip Away, Unbridled Song. Can we name, justify with those names? Uh, as far as ability, oh, yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing that I want to be different is that he, he wins the derby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, I mean, uh, seven to two morning line might just be a gift on this horse because he does look like he is a monster. And you know what impresses me most about the horse is the way he runs the turns. He seems to get stronger. I don't, I don't know. I mean, like you tell me, uh, he, he makes a tremendous move around the turn. You know, he really does. Uh, he's an extremely athletic horse for his, for his size. He's very well balanced. Uh, when you can get a horse that's that big, light on their feet, and can run the turns, man, they're they're that's a it's 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 a that's the it factor right there. You know, I sure. mean, he, he, you just give him his head so he can switch leads and go into the turn, and he makes up two lengths like now, just right. so easy. Yeah. Without having to really exert himself, so going a mile and a quarter, that's very important. Yeah. Yeah. Now they they say there's a fifty fifty chance of rain. Would that worry you at all if the track came up sloppy? Well, you know he 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 ran his second race uh, his first time around two turns in the slot and it, and handled it extremely well. Actually, handled it very good. Really, it, it makes a difference to him. It never rains yeah, in California. Like I know, believe it, it or not, we, it was pretty muddy. It was a floated racetrack. It was it was uh, sloppy. So. A great thing about Kingland, I mean, uh, Churchill is, is, I actually think that racetrack gets better when it gets a little wet. Yeah, that's right. It does. Uh, we all know that. And, uh, you, you know, it's just a question of how wet and, uh, and well, you know, what your trip is and stuff. But I do feel that you're extremely confident, Mike. I, I'm, I really am. Uh, you know, towards the back end of my career and to go into the Derby with opportunity like this, man, I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't be any more pumped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wish it was it was today, you know. Yeah. Well, Mikey, uh, we wish you the best of luck here at ESPN and the whole of Kentucky. We love that smile, and I love you, Mikey. You know that. And uh, uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Same about you, man. Yeah. We're excited. We're happy, and we're we're going in strong this year. So we just, like I said, good Lord's willing, we just need to 
the opportunity to, to, to let him show who he is. And I think if given that, uh, you might see something pretty special. Well, here's hoping, okay? So uh, we'll see you during the week, Mike. Thank you very much, and uh, safe, uh, safe travels, okay? Thank you. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, okay. Mike Smith, everyone, <laughs> writer of Justify, Hall of Fame writer, and just an incredible guy. Uh, so... We'll be back here on Riders Up here on ESPN, brought to you by Transformer Equine. We'll be back. Founded by Horsemen for Horsemen, industry-leading equine transportation company Equijet understands how important your horse's safety is to you. With over two decades of experience in shipping some of the world's top-performing equine athletes, Equijet staff is available to guide you through every step of the shipping process and will ensure that your horses are able to travel across the world or to a local event with ease. Equijet offers unparalleled customer service for all equestrian disciplines in every corner of the globe. To learn more about Equijet services or to request a quote, please visit the website at equijet.com. E-Q-U-I-J-E-T dot com. Very, very happy to be joined by a good old friend of mine, a Hall of Fame rider, Gary Stevens. Gary, how are you? I'm doing great, Frank. Uh... For many years, Gary, we were buddies on, on partners and working partners on TVG. And I'll have to tell you that I never enjoyed anyone as much as I enjoyed analyzing horses along with you because you were such a fantastic analyst on that show. I appreciate that, Frank, and, and right back at you. You know, uh, from our first day, I think that first day that I went into the set, it was early in the morning, and, and you could see I was a little bit nervous. We had a handful of charts and, yeah. and uh, past performances and whatnot, and you helped me settle in pretty good. But uh, to be honest with you, I, I think that those years of working as an analyst, when I came back out of retirement and, and put the white pants on again, I really think it it, it helped me as a jockey. You sure. know, the way that that I analyzed and, and looked at races. I spend, you know, quite a bit much more uh, time yeah. um, looking at film now than I, I did prior to my work as an analyst. So you know, I, I had a good time doing it, and, and uh, I'm having a lot more fun doing what I'm doing right now. So. Well, you know, I always say that to you, you're like, uh, whenever I talk to Bert Bacharach, and I can tell the love that he has for life and his spirit and the music, and that's what keeps him going, and that's what keeps you going, Gary Stevens. Yeah, I mean, there, there's going to come a time, but uh, I'm I'm so glad that, that I made the decision uh, to come back, and a lot of people sure. thought I was crazy for doing it, and I probably was uh, crazy for doing it, but had I not, there wouldn't have been a beholder for me. There wouldn't have been a mutual macho man. There wouldn't have been... A, a lot of the great things that are going on for me right now here at, at Oakland Park. Yeah. Writing for my, my good old buddy, uh, Wayne Lucas. You know, I wrote a couple of winners for sure. him on, on uh, opening weekend. And, <laughs> and it just doesn't get any better. But I'm getting as much as enjoyment of the people that I'm winning for yeah. as, as uh, not even myself. But yeah. Uh, what I'm teaming up with right now. You've started out superb, and I see that you breathed that horse sporting chance for Wayne Lucas. He is as serious a racehorse as uh, Boltioro or Good Magic, or if maybe he can't beat them, he's right behind them. But with his pedigree, I would say that if he could be healthy and sound come Derby Day, well, and uh, is he your mount? Well, uh, Wayne's got three over there um, that I like, but Really? He's, after his work, after his work uh, the other day, he he's definitely at at the top for me. Um, you know, I worked in the week before, and <clears throat> I worked in three from the three and a half pole, and it was just something to stretch his legs a little bit. And and uh, you know, he breathed. They gave him thirty seven and out in forty eight and change. And he, I pulled up, and he never so much took his deep breath, and he actually galloped out five eighths with me, with me breaking him in two. And, uh. told Wayne, I said, man, you got a lot of miles in him, Wayne. I said, he's a lot fitter than you think, and he just smiled at me. And So anyway, midweek, uh, last week with the track, you know, being off and everything, I said, how's that colt we're going to work in? And he says, yeah. He says, um, I gave him an open mile the other day. He, he went around there and uh, 140. Really? And I said, you what? <laughs> he said, yeah, I went around there and 140, so... Um, he had me breathe him, and he said, uh, have him running at the four and a half. He said, 
And um, he said, if he's strong, gallop out to the seven eight pole. So we went from three and a half to five eighths, and, and uh, I mean, it was so beautiful. It, it was just smooth. And and I said, what are we looking for? He said, well, I don't know how fast that track is. And I said, just put a number in my head, like forty eight. And he said, yeah, he said forty eight, somewhere somewhere of that feel. So I came back, and and he's smiling. We had another one to breathe, a maiden. And I told him when I pulled up, I said, he shaded 48. He said, he did not. He said, he never sat down on him. So that breezed the other horse, and he asked the clockers, and they came off. He said, you were right. He said, 47-3 out in a minute. Wow. And uh, pulled up, and he just took one deep breath and marched back to the barn like he hadn't done anything. And huh. he's, he's a beautiful colt uh, put together right, and his mind is unbelievable. So if anybody can do it, Wayne Lucas can do it, and I've seen him do it before, and and uh, he said, ideally, he would like to get three races in him, and you know where that starts. That would start uh, mid next month. Yeah. And um, but he said he can get there with two, and I know what that would be is probably the Rebel and, Arkansas, and the Derby. Arkansas Derby, ideally for him. But um, you know, it's a fun time right now. Sure. He's got a got a couple horses over there that, that I won on you know opening day. Yeah. Or opening weekend, a, a good maiden that I, I think is, is not a sprinter. I went on him going three quarters, but he acts like he'll go on, and and he's looking at a race at uh, uh, New Orleans with him, and then the colt that I won the one other Dan on, and then a, a tough battle. Uh, he's a good colt, too, and he's, he's on the derby trail as well. So, huh. so s- sounds like it. Uh, you're loving life in Arkansas right now. I'm loving loving the racetrack when, yeah. when we run. <laughs> yeah, right. That is the disadvantage of uh, you know making a, a uh, change to uh, to come to the East Coast tracks or Midwest tracks. Is that this time of the year? You know, you take the chance that there's going to be a lot of cancellations, but you can make up for that because you know uh, I, I I don't know would you, you have found a, a better place to uh, lay your tack uh, than Oakland? It's such a wonderful. Uh, atmosphere. I remember Chris McCarron telling me last uh, when we went to Jack Van Berg's funeral. Chris was saying that when he remembers uh, coming, and I'm just making up numbers, but he said he remembers a sign on the uh, uh, coming into Hot Springs where it says population thirty seven thousand, and then there'd be like sixty five thousand at the racetrack. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's an incredible atmosphere at Oaklawn. Yeah, and, and my wife, uh, my wife and daughter, they'd never been here before and didn't know what to expect. And I, I think they thought I was taking them into a bush track somewhere yeah. from everything that the, everyone in California had told her about Price. it. And we've been here for coming on three weeks right now, and it feels like we were born here. The people have welcomed us into the community, and and uh, I mean, from from going to the the uh, gas, gasoline station to the grocery stores and to the racetrack. Yeah. I mean, just, it's, it's cool here, man. Yeah. I'm loving it. And by the way, how great is your wife, Angie? I mean, she is a wonderful, wonderful woman. I think the race industry and the horses in general owe uh, Angie uh, a certain uh, amount of thank yous uh, for her efforts with the San Luis Ray fires and uh, basically her involvement in the whole industry. Yeah, thank you, Frank. Um, she she doesn't get a lot of credit, uh, you know, for that. She she kind of um, sits sits back and sure. you know she's not a race tracker. I I met her on the film uh, yeah. District, and and she's educated herself, but she's got a passion for the people. Uh, she still doesn't know a lot about what goes on, you know, in the days in and day out, other than the hard work that we put in. And she comes to the races, and she knows how hard people work and. And the difficulties uh, the backstreet uh, backstretch uh, people have, uh, and that it is a, a family, and it doesn't matter if, if you're at uh, Del Mar Racetrack or you're at the smallest uh, racetracks in the United States. We all stick together, and we're all one big family. And that's right. Uh, she's very proactive in in um, you know support for the backstretch uh, helpers. She's, she's gotten very involved, and no one has asked her to do it. She's just stepped up and done a lot of work with Janine Sahadi and, and everyone yeah. that's been involved. Just uh, thank you out there to you. Well, uh, from from one person, I would say thank you, Angie, and I know a lot of mo- a lot of other people would like to say the same. 
And oh, thank you. Yeah, so Gary, now what? I said I'll pass that on. Frank. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, Gary, you won three derbies, two Kentucky Oaks, three Preaknesses, and three Belmonts, ten Breeders' Cup races. But I have to say, what's equally as impressive is that you rode over 150 winners in Europe. You rode right. 50 in France, 50 in the UK, 20 in Hong Kong, 10 in Dubai, three in Japan. I bet they were worth some money. And one in Ireland. Who'd you ride in Ireland? I actually, I, I, I won one uh, for the Queen um, on, on Derby Day. Uh, I went there to ride the Irish Derby. That was in, would have been in 1999, it was for Michael Stout. And um, I won a, a Group 3 on Derby Day. And I'm sorry if I can't remember the horse's name, but uh, yeah. I, I, I did win one for the Queen over there. And that was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Now, who, um, who, tell us some of the rest of that, uh, like uh, the big races that you won over in Europe. Oh, man, I, I think the most memorable one would have been the Judmont International on Royal Anthem. Yeah. Uh, for Henry Cecil and, and for Thurbert. Yeah, uh, Thurbert Corp, yeah. Uh, Prince Ahmed uh, Solomon, one of my best friends, and uh, unfortunately we lost him at a young age. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd just become their contract rider, and, and I'll never forget, Karen Fallon has been riding the horse all along uh, for Henry, and they had their, their falling out and all, and, and I became the contract rider for Thurbed Corp, and uh, that was the first horse that I rode for them. And, and uh, Kieran, that, that's when I knew I had a, a real friend. Uh, yeah. He came to me and told me everything about that horse, uh, and, and, and it was as if I had ridden him before I had ever sat on him. Really? And he he just tore him up that day, one by 12 lengths, and um, that would have been my biggest win. Over yeah. there, and it wasn't even for my boss. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> right. Out, yeah. That's who I was riding for, but... Um, you know, I, I finished third in the Epsom Derby. I'd, I'd only been there for about 10 days and uh, had ridden at Sandown and then went and walked the course with Lester Piggott, of all people, uh, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Uh, not not probably. The best record of any any jockey with his record in the, in the uh, Epsom Derby. In the Epsom Derby. And, um, and I, I probably should have won the race and uh, wound up third. Had I ridden a couple of races over it, I'm, I'm pretty sure I would have won it. But yeah. Um, a lot of lot of great memories. Yeah. How difficult? How difficult is that uh, uh, Epsom course? Like, you know, they say it's it's really difficult for a viewer. That's it's hard to you know to understand what's so difficult about it. But can you explain the Tottenham course? Well, it's uh, you know, for the Derby itself, you you start with a uh, quarter of a mile uphill, five sixteenths of uh, uphill climb, and I mean it's a steep uphill climb. And then you level out, and you're on the right-hand side of the, the racetrack, and you sweep back over to the left side and, and put yourself in, in a in position for Tottenham Corner. And the whole bottom line is this, it's sort of like riding the hillside turf course at Santa Anita, uh, very similar. Yeah. But the bottom line is if your horse handles it, uh, it's, it's a fun track to ride. If your horse is not handling it, it's not so fun. Yeah. Um, you need a true athlete to, to run it. And the reason I say that I wish I had ridden ridden a, a race going a mile and a half prior to that is, is I was too conservative early on. I'm, I'm thinking I couldn't let my horse run up that hill that they would exert too much energy. And I kind of take, took myself yeah. out of position, of, of left myself a lot more to do than I should have had because uh, he, he loved that. Uh, it was a horse named Beat All. That's who it was. I uh, remember that horse, Alan, Henry Cecil. Yeah. Yeah, and and um, no, it's actually that that was uh, Sir Michael. Oh, Sir Ma- Beat Hollow, I'm thinking that was Henry. Beat Cesar. Hollow. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, you're thinking of Beat Hollow. This yeah, Beat All. Who yeah. I rode. And anyhow, um, it's a great course to ride, but I, I didn't have any luck there. That was the one uh, race course that I rode in England on several occasions. I never won a race. I had a lot of seconds there, but I never won a race there. So huh. It was tricky and and one that. You know, it takes a lot of course knowledge to, to figure it out. Yeah. Now, what would be your favorite racetrack in France, UK, and Ireland, you know, all over? What would be the one racetrack that you'd always love to visit or well, to ride at? Two, two of the my, – my three favorites. Okay. And, and I, I really can't separate them. And would be, um, obviously, Ascot and then um, Longchamp yeah. and the Cura. Yeah. Um, I can't separate them. I mean, they've all got their own beauty, yeah. uh, their own un- uniqueness, and 
there's nowhere more beautiful than the Kura. Uh, yeah. When the sun's out and, and uh, um, it's, it's just the prettiest place on earth. I think that horse that you rode for the Queen, was that called Blueprint? Yeah, it was Blueprint, and I, and I, I misspoke, though. I, I did not win on him there. I, I won a race on him at the Royal Meeting. I was third on him on, on uh, Irish Derby Day. I won on a horse for the Aga Khan uh, that day for Sir Michael. Uh-huh. And I, I was third again on beat all that day as well. No. So um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, that was that was the deal. But so, the blueprint, I did win on him. He wound up in America, actually, uh, with Vladimir Seren. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I think yeah. I remember that. Uh, yeah. he, uh, was he with Bob Hess first? Um, no, I think I think he was sold to Bob Hess uh, after after Vlado. Okay. Yeah, but Dave and Holly Wilson uh, purchased him because uh, it was just a step below uh, top top class horses in in uh, England. So yeah, you know what happens then? They they came to America and did pretty well here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely right. So now we were both at uh, Jack Van Berg's funeral um, last week. It was a great send off for Jack. Um, one of the greatest men I've ever met in outside the sport and in the sport. And do you have a JVB story that you could share? Yeah, and, and I don't want to repeat myself, but I think it's a great story of, of uh, what I what I said at the funeral. And sure. I had so much admiration for Jack, and, and we just became best of friends. Uh, yeah. We didn't just work together. We became true friends, and and I idolized Jack. I idolized his work ethic, and and what he stood for as a horseman. And, um, you know, I'd come in to ride for him here last year and ride a couple of, of uh, three-year-olds that he thought were derby horses, and and uh, he wanted me to stay over and work one on Sunday. And I, I wasn't riding anything on that Sunday. I actually took off horses in California to stay and work this colt for him, and he told me he was going to take care of me, so staying over. And so... <laughs> um, we, uh, I, I stayed over and worked the colt, and, and he didn't work any good. I said, Jack, this isn't a derby horse. And, and uh, he, he looked at me, frowned, and he said, jump in the truck. And um, so my friend Mike Hewitt, he told me recently that Jack said that he was going to give me $2,500 for staying over and working this horse. That was on a Wednesday. And then on Thursday, Jack said, I got 2000 for Stevens when he comes in here. <laughs> he said, I hope a couple of these horses run good for him, but that one colt, he's going to love him. And then on Friday, he said, I got 1500 for Stevens. And, and Pewitt's told him, he said, I hope he gets here quick because he said he's going to owe you money by the time he leaves <laughs> on Sunday. So <clears throat> anyway, Jack, he came and picked me up at my hotel after I'd worked the horse. I cleaned up, changed my clothes, and... And we're driving on this old country road headed to the airport in, in Little Rock. And and uh, he's just driving the speed limit, 65, and we're talking about this and that and things around the world, horses and, and old times together and Alasheba, obviously, and, and uh, the two times I'd worked him and what a great horse he was. And all of a sudden we're driving by this little hamburger joint out in the middle of nowhere and he's here, they got the best hamburgers in, in the whole world right here and the milkshakes are unbelievable. He said, you want to stop and, and grab a, a hamburger? I said, Jack, I, I just I need to get to the, I need to get to the airport. And I said, you know, I'm a jockey and, and uh, I got a ride, buddy. I said, I can't be eating hamburgers and eating milkshakes. So he said, Well, I'll grab one on the way back. And we got to the airport and I got out and he reached in his pocket and he pulled out a lot of bills and and he says, Here, take this, Gary. And I said, No, Jack, I don't want your money. I said, Those guys, uh, Mike Chewish, Mike Waters, they took care of my my airplane and my hotel, and I went a $75,000 race for you yesterday, and I got paid for that. I said, I don't need your money. And he said, God dang it, Gary. He said, he said here's $500 I want, I want you to take. So I went $4,500 and him trying to force me a milkshake down me to $500. That was Jack Van Bergen. And, and, uh, I miss him. I love him. And yeah. I was down at the barn the, uh, yesterday morning and, Talked to Tom down there, and I saw Jack's pickup sitting out there, his Ford, Ford pickup, uh, um, and Tom's driving that, and things are rolling down there. Yeah. Sammy is assistant, and, and it, they haven't missed a beat, man. Yeah. He raised that, them kids good, and, oh, yeah. and he's got great staff down there. And, yeah. And it's, uh, 
Well, nothing has changed except for the great Jack Van Berg not being there. Tom has now stepped in. Tom had his first winner with his first runner last week. I don't know uh, who rode that, but uh, that was a great way to start. Well, it was Alex Berger that rode him, and that was fitting because Alex is a blue-collar, good-riding son of a gun. And, yeah. and uh, Jack loved uh, Alex, and, and uh, I would come into town, and Alex had been riding a couple of different horses, and he'd come over, and same as Kieran Fallon, uh, share every uh, nook and cranny about yeah. every one of those horses, their idiosyncrasies and everything. I'd climb on them, get the job done, and, yeah. and uh, Alex was always there for him, but... Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, Mike Jewett was there, and, and everybody was pointed up at the sky oh. for Jack. And, oh. and uh, I can I can guarantee you that uh, Alex was hitting that horse right-handed through the stretch, and, and Jack, Jack was, was hitting, hitting them left-handed. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that horse looked like he was every step inside the 16th hole. Uh, he just kept finding it. Uh, I would say to Frank Miramati, why didn't we bet? You know that was going to happen, you know? Oh, but so what was it, $64? I'm surprised you guys didn't. Oh, God. <laughs> So, uh, well, Gary, just tell me this, then. One last question. How would you like to be remembered? Oh, I don't know. It's funny you ask that because somebody the other day, I was down at uh, Doug O'Neill's barn, and there's no hot water down there. And he said, I, st- I stood up for you yesterday, and I said, how's that? And he said, well, somebody said that, that uh, Stevens, that, that old man, he just come walking by. He's a grumpy old bastard. <laughs> 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 no, he's not. He's, he's a great guy, and he loves horses. He said he's just pretty intense. So I want to be I want to be remembered as, as a nice guy that loved racing and was good for racing yeah, and well, passionate about it, and, and um, just somebody who'd do anything for anybody back there on the backstretch. I'm a backstretcher. Yes, you are. I, I'm just yes, I'm a you are. Tracker. I'm a gypsy, and, yeah. and I, I love this game. Yeah, you're a, a, a real man, Gary Stevens, and I love you. Thanks, Frank. As our friend Tom Proctor would say, down the road. Down the road. All right, Gary Stevens, ladies and gentlemen, Gary Stevens. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed our show today and the interviews with Mike and Gary Stevens. They were a lot of fun, I'll tell you. Um, so we will talk to you next week. Good luck with your wagering this weekend. We got a long weekend and plenty of opportunities. So come out on top. All right. Goodbye. Enviro Equine and Pet knows the most important thing that anyone can have is information, which is why we support Riders Up, which brings racing enthusiasts the most timely and valuable information from the voices shaping racing today. Enviro Equine and Pet produces products for horses and pets out of the finest all-natural ingredients formulated by top professionals. By blending the best of nature and science, Enviro Equine will give your animal what they need to be healthy. All Enviro Equine and pet products are free from GMOs, lessen inflammation, lessen joint pain, improve skin and coat health, and support immunity. To learn more about Enviro Equine and Pet's complete product line, please visit www dot enviroequine.com today that's www.envioequine.com today